Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We're live tonight, Red vs. Blue, special start time, 10 p.m. Genesis, kicking off for FFPC. Here we go. Uh, I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Strange from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. The system broken, the school's closed, the prison's open. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Of course, 16 touchdowns. That's not going to be duplicated. You're just not going to 
it's almost reminiscent of D. Will. You know, I don't think he's going to go from 16 to five, but you know, 16 to eight, I was 16 to 10. You know, I would I would be happy with. You know, so uh, Arian Foster is a gift to me. Tommy, look, Tommy, we knew he was going to take a Pittsburgh guy. He took Larry Fitzgerald a couple years ago at one. He could have taken Mendenhall here to have the Pittsburgh ties, but he didn't. He finds a way to get Pittsburgh involved somehow. I can't wait to hear from Tommy. Uh, the phone number to reach us is 347-324-5404. Tonight we are drafting live on behalf of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, myffpc.com. They raised their stakes to $200,000 for the grand prize this year, Mike, from 100 to 200, and they raised league prizes to the magic number, Mike, to $10,000 per 12-man league. Glenaration X is on the clock at number four. Chris Johnson went number three, and Glenn's at four. Mike, we're waiting for Glenn's pick. What do you think about Chris Johnson at three? Yeah, I think Chris Johnson, a pretty safe pick. Uh, and like what you said about the uh, FFPC, about raising uh, the stakes, uh, raising the uh, prize money, hey, you know, that was a no-brainer because uh, it's the only real uh, it's the only real deal going right now. But uh, we'll see what, happen, uh, what happens with Glenn uh Looks like he's timed out, or is he? He's there, so uh, he's got somebody in mind. So we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, I think Team Thompson. Uh, that was one team, uh, Scott, actually, that you were uh, looking at that you were kind of, I don't know, a little little leery about. So they took the safe pick of Chris Johnson. Yeah, you can't fault Don Thompson, a, a high stakes veteran. Uh, we actually were head to head in the finals of the Genesis Draft last year. Uh, I got lucky and pulled it out last year, uh, thanks to a myriad of factors. Arian Foster being drafted late. Mike Williams, I bid like $950 of my bid dollars uh, the week before the season started. Uh, that helped me. I picked up Jacob Tammy off waivers. Look, a lot of times you need a lot of luck to win these things, man, especially with a competition like this. A little luck goes a long way. So uh, I had a lot of luck uh, with Arian Foster, Mike Williams, Jacob Tammy. Uh, Rivers, you know, the list went on and on last year. But, yeah, we are having some issues. Glenn just did make his pick. He went with a safe yeah. route. A lot of people will say a safe route with Adrian Peterson uh, at the four pick. You know, again, look, there's not a lot of bad picks here. You've got Jamal Charles coming up, Ray Rice, you know, a couple of guys that are coming to mind here yeah. at five and six. Donnie T's on the clock. Another thing, Scott, is uh, something I'm seeing is it's hard to believe that the, quote, safe picks are running backs. Uh, it used to be the safe picks in early rounds would be uh, a wide receiver. But uh, a lot of those uh, running backs like an AP or a Chris Johnson, that used to be your number one absolute, have uh, fallen to a, uh, a third, fourth, fifth round, or, or uh, fifth overall pick. And But they're still safe overall picks. And uh, we'll see what we'll see what uh, Don does here uh, in the uh, on the fifth pick. Ray Rice, safe pick. Uh, Donnie actually took his man, Jamal Charles, Mike, and then Mike Santos wasted no time whatsoever in taking Ray Rice. So, again, that is the top six of, I think, the consensus players. Foster, uh, Chris Johnson, uh, LaShawn McCoy there at one, obviously. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Charles, and Ray Rice. MJD, uh, the Bingers, were not afraid to take the knee and MJD. We've got a caller. From the 412, I think I recognize that area code. 412, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Mike. How you guys doing? This is, uh, this is uh, Recovery Boy, Tom Yates. Andre Johnson just went. 
the first Tommy wide Gates. receiver off the board. Yay, Tommy Yates is with us, everybody. Uh, a former, I'm going to brag on you a little bit, my friend, $100,000 winner in the National Fantasy Football Championship a couple years back, and uh, you're ready for some more Genesis action, it looks like. You were also the red versus blue big payback winner uh, not too long ago. So uh, what do you think there, LaShawn McCoy? That's a, that's a nice way to get this first 2011 draft kicked off. The fantasy season's underway with LaShawn McCoy. Tell us about him. I like Shady McCoy. I like him at Pitt. And uh, I think this year anyway, I mean, it's, he's as good a pick as anybody up at the top. I was thinking about who, I mean, uh, who who's looking good for this coming season, if we ever have a season. And, uh, you know, a little too early for me to be taking uh, Mendenhall. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if he comes back to me at the turn, he may slip because – because uh, he doesn't know how to stop tweeting, and uh, he's got—I think he's made a lot of enemies in the United States right now. So, uh, but as a football player, I still like him, even though he did fumble in the Super Bowl. I—I—I'm uh, uh, a little ticked at him about that, but you know what? Uh, uh, if he comes back, I'll take him at two and three. But right now, I like Shady McCoy. I think I knew he wasn't going to be coming back to me. And uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's as good a pick in a, in a point per reception league. He's, is anybody who's gone after him so far? Oh, Frank Gore. Someone just took Frank Gore. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and uh, Jules took Tell Ronnie White. Quick, Tom, uh, uh, Larry Fitz just went to uh, War Kittens and uh, Duckworth to, uh, just to uh, update it. Uh, Ronnie White went to Jules. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Frank Gore to Rich. Ah, uh, good fits. He's off the board. War kittens. Oh, he took it. I uh, never. Well, uh, what the heck? I, I wasn't going to take really? one thing. Uh, I tried that I, one. Real quick, Tom. Uh, you don't have any regrets uh, taking Lashawn McCoy ahead of oh, say no. an Arian Foster or Chris Johnson? Oh uh, heck no. I think I I love what Andy Reid does uh, with with uh, you know position players on that team. I mean, somebody's going to come out of there being. 300-plus points of Mike Vick, I mean, uh, LaShawn Jackson. I think uh, Shady McCoy's got as, cha- as good a chance as anybody. Like I said, he went to Pitt. He's uh, shown durability. He didn't, they didn't use him much as rookie season. He's only in his third year. The guy, had, I mean, and last year, you know, he, he, he was out there. He caught almost 80 balls. I mean, I think, that, I think there's a lot of upside with him, and uh, he's, I don't think he's ever been a big injury risk. And, uh, this, you know, he could be a three three to 400-point guy as far as I'm concerned. I, I might be out there on a limb by myself thinking that, but, um, but you know, I like Shady. There's a little concern for me, Tommy. I want to ask you about it. I, don't think, I think it's the first time in fantasy football history that a running back has been drafted, that a number one player overall has been drafted with only 207 carries. That's that's an abnormally low amount of carries for a number one draft pick. Are you are you worried at all that the receptions, uh, if the receptions aren't there, what he'll what we'll see from him? No, uh, I think uh, who who's going to back him up? He's he's a guy that you can leave out there. If he's out there on first and second down, especially in that offense. He's out there first and second down, and you want him out there for third down. I mean, he's gonna, you know he, he'll pick up the blitz. Plus, he's gonna, with the way that offense goes. Vic, you got you got to keep a guy on Vic all the time, and it's just going to open up things for uh, for for uh, Shady. I think that uh, he's, he's he's a real good that's a real good spot for him, in my opinion. And I think that okay. not too many people are going to take him that high as, as the summer goes on. I mean, he'll I think he'll be available uh, later on in the first round too. And and um, you know, it's, for me, he's the man. All right, we're going to have a we got to talk about a couple of picks here uh, to catch everybody up. 
uh, Roddy White, uh, Jules, Frank Gore, and Steven Jackson combination for Rich Dunn. Uh, John Duckworth took the fifth McFadden turn. And then the chef, uh, Paul Schmidt, took a Calvin Johnson and Dez Bryant at 2-1. Mike, talk about Dez Bryant as a 13th pick overall. Is he ready for that? Yeah, that's pretty early. He had a, uh, he's, he had a solid wide receiver and then uh, let McFadden go and took uh, Dez Bryant instead of uh, Darren McFadden or Steven Jackson. Uh, that kind of surprised me a little bit. But uh, he wants to uh, solidify his uh, wide receiver core. Well, he's done that. I don't know what he's going to have left as far as running back goes, but, uh, you know, we can all play on your quarterback. And uh, Jules is on the clock uh, looking to see what uh, what she's going to do. Uh, she's got uh, she's already got Roddy White as a wide receiver, so uh, she may uh, she may go another wide out, but uh, – the running backs are coming thin. Coming thin. Here, here she goes with Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix. Nice. Obvious pick there for me. Uh, as I look at the board, I think he's the, the best player uh, on the board by far. I, th- I think he's a first-rounder. But Hakeem Nix, Roddy White combination for Jules McClain from Fantasy Freaking Football. Uh, now we've got the Dusty Ashby experience on the clock, and he selects Antonio Gates, the first tight end off the board. Uh, guys, we saw tight ends have kind of a resurgence uh, in 2009. They were drafted very high in 2010, and many of them disappointed us uh, with the significant injuries to, to Dallas and the, and the, and the, the disappointments by Brent Selleck. What do you think about tight ends going uh, back again in the second round, Tommy? Well, uh, you know, the, the run's about to start, I think. It, uh, I, uh, I thought to myself that, that – uh, there was, you know, in this format, tight ends getting a point and a half. They didn't. Nobody jumped out. There were no 300 point tight ends last year, were there? I mean, this is it. Just it kind of seemed like your guys were getting hurt. Guys were dropping. I remember Michael going early in the long draft last year. He didn't make it. Uh, I mean, he got hurt in October and never came back. Uh, just, just uh, you know, in this format, I mean, that's what makes the FFPC so nice. Like, you know, there's, there's everybody looks at it in their in their own way. People are drafting the way they see fit. And uh, you'll see tight ends go very high. And, yeah, I'm actually a bit surprised to see the first one go off the board midway through the second round. Oh, my boy, Mendel. Oh, this took Mendy. Oh, well, so what? Mike Santos wasted no time on the clock. Uh, That's two picks right in a row for Mike Santos, the varsity champion last year. That's a $3,000 entry fee league in the FFPC. They offer that. Uh, a nice little uh, league there. Rashard Mendenhall, Ray Rice combination for Coyote Streakers, uh, Mike. Talk about starting with two running backs, Mike. Does that scare you a little bit, starting two running backs these days? No, 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 not at all. I, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good start right there uh, with Ray Rice and Mendy uh, to have those guys that uh, first off that you know can catch the ball out of the backfield and they're they're pretty durable. So. That doesn't surprise me at all, and that's going to be pretty healthy guys. And plus, he's he's right in the mix. He's right in the middle there, to where I think he can, he might be able to get a uh, pretty solid uh, wide receiver, and maybe a wide receiver one or two, and then uh, follow it up with a quarterback in say six seven. All right, we're drafting live, uh, Red versus Blue. We're at uh, the FFPC's first draft of the NFL season. If we have one, we're, we're hoping we're drafting like we're going to have one. 
Dallas Clark is off the board after a very disappointing injury plague season. However, it did let us witness the the, uh, the birth of uh, a Kentucky uh, finest there, Mike. Uh, Jacob Tammy is tied in there. Dallas Clark is off the board to Missouri. He pairs him up with Jamal Charles. So now we've seen two tight ends go in the first round. And I think we – we always see this with the FFPC draft. For those not familiar, the FFPC has a one-and-a-half point per reception scoring system for the tight ends. Makes those tight ends uh, score a lot more points. You know, if you're an 80-catch tight end, you're getting roughly 120 points worth of reception, Tommy. Are you, are you the type of guy that will take a tight end this early, or do you usually like to wait and fall back and grab one of those middle-tier guys? No, in this format, I'd, I'd grab them. I mean, you know, you're, you're drafting right ahead of me. I, you, what do you think? What about uh, what about yourself? I mean, there's, a, <laughs> there's, some, there's some nice value out there. You tell me, Scotty, who are you going to take coming back out here? Hey, that was good, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you got you to stretch the boundaries a little bit on this show. You know, you never know. Uh, you know, I am drafting in this draft. I've got the two pick. We start with Arian Foster. Greg Jennings is off the board. Uh, for Glenn Lowy, Generation X, Adrian Peterson, and Greg Jennings combination. So, uh-oh. Oh, we've got a I'm wondering when the quarterback will start happening. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron Rodgers was a consideration for me, considering uh, all of the factors there that we have with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers and that team being so dominant late in the season as well as getting those uh that that that, that pivotal player back in his system uh you know he, he's he's an interesting pick right here i'm, I'm kind of getting pulled to take a tie in i kind of like your michael finley he's a guy i'd like to pick here uh, i don't know i'd, I'd like to i'd like to pull the you got, got 40 seconds let me talk <laughs> i don't know okay, what you do stuff like that you make sure you make the right decision uh Tom, that was funny. I, I swear that was that, that was funny stuff. Uh, wonder when the quarterbacks were going to start uh, coming on the court. Scotty, well, I think with me and Shep at both ends here, everybody's grabbing their Steelers. If they like any kind of Steelers, they're going to take them. Mike Wallace, how about that? <laughs> nice pick. Nice, nice pick. Uh, I, I like uh, I like Mike this year. He's going to be the number one receiver on that team, and we're going to have to throw more. Uh, so that so you know he's uh, he's he's as good as anybody right there. And, and he wasn't going to come. Well, he might have come back to you in three. I, I'm not sure that I would have taken him, but uh, but he wasn't going to come back to you uh, coming coming back around. That's for sure. Here I'm making these picks here. Let's see. This guy here. And this guy here. I uh, I'm, I'm not going to worry about the tight ends in this draft. I'm going to get them out of the way. And... But the worry, uh, Jason Witten, that's for sure, because he's yours. Yeah, I like Witten, and uh, and I like Finley. And a point and a half, I get. I can throw two of them out there every week. So those are my two picks. Okay, well that's that's very interesting, Tommy. Uh, so you're. Uh, Kind of putting your all your eggs in one basket with the uh, with the tight ends with Witten and uh, Finley. They're getting a point and a half in this in this format, and you can use uh, and in, also in this format you can you can use two flexes. So uh, I, right. I if, you know if if they come back to form like they did two years ago, uh, tight ends are going to be very valuable here. But um, so you're going to be able to use uh, McCoy pretty much as a uh, running and obviously. Uh, 
passing, uh, and uh, Scott took uh, Scott took Reggie Wayne. So nice you're going to be able to use Boy as a running and passing back, and still have the uh, point and a half uh, per reception with uh, Winton Finley. Yeah, it's as good. As, I mean, it's a strategy. It's as good as anybody else. You, you get the point per reception all the way around here. I like Reggie Wayne. There's, I mean, there was, you know, you could you can go ten different ways. Uh, Mendy. Uh, Dallas Clark, you know, look at the guys coming back here. Greg Jennings, I mean, did, you know, they're going to throw the ball. Uh, Tom up in Green Bay. Uh, Finley, uh, Jennings, you know, Rogers, they all went They all went right around the same area there. And, uh, yeah. and you know, teams like that, Philadelphia, uh, Reggie uh, from, from uh, you know, from, from Indianapolis, they're going to do the same thing. I think that um, I think that, you know, in these early drafts in the summer, you, got, you look at, you see a lot of guys from offenses, are pretty stable and um, and uh, right. going off the board. So yeah. Well, it, you know what? It, it's amazing what happens in that uh, point and a half in those point and a half leagues. How much uh, those tight ends accumulate points? It's really surprising. And I started seeing last year more and more owners in high stakes leagues were starting to uh, take advantage of using that second tight end as. Uh, you know, a slot or a flex position. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, you're seeing those running back by committee, tight end by committee. You're seeing like, there's and tight There's a lot more throwing going on. I think the uh, running backs uh, are with so many of them by committee. You, you, you notice that a lot of running backs are off the board early too because you just want you want to have one horse anyway. And uh, somebody, you know, everybody would like to have somebody out there that's gonna that's gonna play on third down. You know, first, second, and third, and you're just not seeing it so much in the NFL anymore. Uh, yeah. Again, if we have an NFL, there goes Mike Vick. He's off the board. Is already took him. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, he took Mike Vick, and uh, Glenn took up Vernon Davis, another tight end. Let, let, let's take go. a look at for a second at uh, Donnie T's draft for a second. Jamal Charles, Dallas Clark, Michael Vick. That's an explosive team right there at each of those positions. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of, you know, two wide receivers he trots out there every week. But the wide receiver position looks pretty deep. I mean, you know, you could be trotting out a, a Wes Welker and, an, uh, you know, a, um, Anquan Bolden or Santonio Alston. You know, he can still put together a really solid team. You've got explosive players at the quarterback and tight end position uh, to go along with Jamal Charles, who, in my opinion, could be the number one pick this year. You just – you know, you got to think that Thomas Jones is going to be phased out a little bit, uh, not as exclusive as he was last year. The coach, you know, he ticked off all of us Jamal Charles owners last year. The more and more he used Thomas Jones, when we knew that you could win the game and break break runs and break, you know, long games if you just put Jamal Charles in there. Can Jamal Charles take the beating? I think he's proven he can take that next step. Uh, Jamal Charles is an interesting uh, number one selection this year, and, and a very put together a, a pretty solid start. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jamal Charles is the first overall. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. David Best is off the board in the third round. We just saw Miles Austin go to Mike Santos. Uh, Miles Austin, and again, here's another player that you have to think about. Uh, we'll see a resurgence thanks to Tony Romo being back. Uh, you know, that's his favorite target there. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out with Des Bryant kind of being in the fold there. Does he pressure Romo to get him the ball, kind of like a diva wide receiver like Terrell Owens did? Or does Miles Austin, plus you got Jason Witten there too. So that's a, that's a heavy competition for targets 
uh, in Dallas, don't you think? I mean, do you guys believe in Miles Austin there that early at three uh, after what we saw last year? I mean, it wasn't an impressive season at all. Sure. Yeah, I like Miles Austin. I think that uh, I think that he's got he's got a shot if he stays healthy all year. Plus, it's like you just said, Scotty, it's it's uh, all about Romo with him. If Romo stays healthy, I like Whitman and I and I like Austin both. Austin, if you remember last year, he was going. I mean, three six. He's a nice value there. I think he he was going a lot earlier last year. He started. Uh, in fact, Jules put out the buzz on him. I remember being in a dress with her early in the season, and she took him at like the sixth, seventh, or eighth spot somewhere in there. And uh, people, you know, she gets she gets a lot of respect as well. She should. She's a uh, heck of a player. And a lot of people started taking him. He started jumping up the boards, and he just didn't live up to it. He got uh, he, I don't know if he was dinged up or if he uh, he and Kitna didn't get along or what. I think Romo, in my opinion, Romo going down really hurt his value a lot. And, and he could be there. You know, he could be another three hundred point guy this year. He he very well could if he stays healthy and if Romo does. I take that back, Tommy. You know, you're looking at a, a wide receiver, Miles Austin, who last year had 119 targets. They just couldn't get him the ball. That's 120 targets. He turns it into 69 catches. But I don't think it was a. I don't think that was his fault. I think that was just, you know, chucking it up there and trying to get rid of the ball. But still, a thousand yard season, seven touchdowns. You put Tony Romo back in the field. I'm actually liking that pick. That pick's kind of growing on me the more I look at it. Well, yeah, he, you know, I, I want to jump in real quick with the Dallas offense. Uh, you know, they were their running game was so so and uh you know, it got to the point to where Miles Austin was their only target downfield and that's why he was doubled. That's why Jason Witten had such a huge year. Uh so I mean I don't I don't know. I saw uh Rich Dunn here, he's got three running backs and he's looking solid running back and uh just saw uh Chef took uh, uh, Ma Bradshaw. So you want to get us up there a little bit, or you want me to go ahead and do it, Scott? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, catch it up, and then I'll give it back to you. Uh, again, Dusty Ashby took job at best. Uh, Jules McClain adds to her tandem of dominant wide receivers with Drew Brees. Can't fault that pick. Then you take, uh, like you said, Ad Rich. Rich Dunn takes Ryan Matthews as a third running back to partner with Steve Jackson and Frank Gore. So, that's going to be an interesting strategy to fall unfold here. Three running backs, guys. I mean, that's, you know, uh, another thing that I forgot to mention for those that are unfamiliar with the FFPC, this is a dual flex league. You can start you start two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex. Those flex can be running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends. So you can be starting four running backs. And to me, it looks like that's what direction Rich is going. He's going to be starting and trotting out a, a backfield of at least three dominant running backs if, if Ryan Matthews can stay healthy. And we'll see what he can put together. It's going to be interesting to see if this strategy works. It, yeah, it will be. And plus, uh, you know, down the road, uh, I guarantee you he's going to he's going to come back with a wide receiver. So he's probably going to uh, probably going to wait for his quarterback uh, around uh, six or seven, and his tight end around six or seven. So he's kind of rolling the dice with all those running backs. Uh, like you said, a strategy that that may work. You know, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. I've seen it uh, across the board. Uh, a lot of tight ends are going, and uh, Mark Ingram, uh, uh, Chef uh, Paul just took uh, running back Mark Ingram. So uh, you know he he's got uh, two solid running backs, two solid wide receivers. Yeah, he's going young too. Des Bryant and uh, Mark Ingram. He uh, you know Calvin. Too. Yeah, he's he's going young all the way. I I, yep. I really like his first pick, Calvin. I I mean you know he he's uh. 
if he just stays healthy, that guy, God, he could catch he could catch 120 balls in that offense if he just stay healthy. I went to see them play them the Steelers in the preseason last year, and every bit of that, you know, in the, early in the preseason, everybody leaves their starters out there for like two, three, four series, something like that. And every single play, they were either going to that Javid Best, it was your best, or uh, or uh, Johnson. Calvin and they were just and so when they got inside the twenty, it was all lobs to Calvin down in the corner. They were just working on that and working on that. And if he just stays healthy, he could get fifteen touchdowns, a hundred. He could catch over a hundred balls. I could see him getting fifteen hundred yards. It's just a, a question of him staying on the field. The way I look at it, I'm very uh, I'm very interested to see who uh, John uh, picks uh, with War Kansas. He's got the Vicks, Darren McFadden, and Jimmy Graham. He's, he's locked up at wide receiver, running back, tight end. And uh, does he uh, does he go with a quarterback? Does he go with uh, maybe a uh, another running back or a wide receiver? You know, if I'm him, I, I think I might lean toward the uh... – okay, what? All right, the Ingram pick is coming off the board because it was an auto draft pick, and we have, we thankfully we have the commissioner Dave Gerzak in the chat chat room. He noticed that Ingram was a auto pick. He uh, he, he reached out to Paul, who uh, at first said, "You know what? I don't want to hold the draft up." But Dave is in the chat room. He's able to make it happen. He did it, no problem. He went ahead and got his guy Brandon Marshall. Who is the fourth round uh, wide receiver now? Are you kidding me? Brandon Marshall lasts in the fourth round. Look, it's only going to get better for Marshall, provided he doesn't allow the you know the uh, the, the the dumbbell issue to get in the way, right, Tommy? I mean, this guy is an absolute beast, and and you've got to think that that quarterback situation is not going to get worse than it did last year. Chad Henney gets another year under his belt, and you know, look. Brandon Marshall had 144 targets last year, and he lasted till the fourth round. What is going on? Yeah, Brandon's, Brandon's a bit of a head case, but you're right. He could catch. I mean, he's the type of guy. He did what he caught 19 balls in one game last uh, two years ago. I mean, he's, uh, he's he can be amazing. He can and he can run after the catch too. I think uh, just like you just mentioned, it, uh, you're saying, oh, the quarterback situation can't get any worse, but it was pretty bad there last year. I think that uh, I think that people are just uh, maybe uh, afraid of who's going to be throwing him the ball down there in Miami. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of because uh, Brandon is a beast. Yeah, he's getting him in the fourth round is a nice pickup. Of course, I, you know what? Kitty right after him took Ingram, who was who was picked up and then left out there. And, and uh, uh, Ingram's uh, Ingram's got a chance to have to jump into a really nice situation down there in New Orleans. I really liked him at Alabama. The year he, he got he got the Heisman Trophy, he just he doesn't go down on the first hit. He's just he knows that he picks up the blocks, which is going to keep him in the game on third down. And you know they're not going to keep Reggie Bush down there and Pierre Thomas. You know they're just nobody could stay on the field for them. They uh, you know everybody was getting hurt down there last year. Ingram's got a chance. Whoa! He's a very nice situation. Whoa! Yeah. I've got to bring this up. Uh, you know, look, I want to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, Mark Ingram did go to John Duckworth. We're going to talk about his team in a second. Uh, Rick right. Dunn does get a wide receiver on the board. We were interested in what he was going to do. He starts to draft three running backs. He grabs a Wes Welker. That's very safe. But look mm-hmm. at what fell in Jules' lap, an absolute gem in the fourth round, one Peyton Hillis, everybody. She starts off with two dominant wide receivers with White and Nick. She follows it up with arguably the best quarterback in the game and then comes back with Peyton Hillis, the number two running back overall last year, this guy, talk about an epic season, 270 carries, 
61 receptions for this guy who's 6'2", 250, and we saw dominant game after dominant game from this guy, multiple touchdown days, six and seven reception type days. Mike Jewell just got a gold mine. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I was shocked. And, uh, but, you know, it, it was just the way that the draft uh, – the draft is set up, you know, the way that the draft sets up for different people, uh, you know, it's just the way it works out. And uh, Peyton Hillis, uh, this guy is going to be, he's going to be a monster, uh, I think, for years to come, only uh, as long as they start winning some games. If they start winning some games, he's going to be good. What about that Madden curse, Mike? What do you think? you think that that might have a little something to do with him watching to the fourth round? He's on the cover of Madden. What? Hey, Mike Santos just absolutely broke my heart there with the Vincent Jackson pick at 4-7. Look, this guy held out last year. He's not going to hold out this year. He's going to be on a team. Now, whether or not he's with Phillip Rivers is kind of a moot point at this point. He is a a very talented wide receiver that belongs in the discussion with the Greg Jennings and Reggie Wings of the world, it's Vincent Jackson. And to see him go in the fourth round to a team like uh, Mike Santos there who's racking up some tall players is, is a scary proposition. Got real quick, this pick coming up with uh, Zuri and Don, I am very interested to see what he takes because I, I think he's so injury prone with Charles, Clark, and Dick as his three. Running back, tight end, and quarterback. He followed it up with another uh, injury risk here to Sean Jackson. I just, I, I don't know. I think he, he has an injury risk team, but an explosive team if they don't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, and, you know, I've got the other guy on that team. I think, uh, yeah, well, it's already, you know, he could, he always drafts well. I mean, he, yeah. Mike Vick, he uh, he had a ton of points last year, but he wasn't on for 16 games. You know, he's going to have to draft some a decent backup quarterback, I think. But uh, Vick, you know, Vick, Vick is a beauty. Uh, Jamal Charles, yeah, he's got all kinds of points. He's got a lot of points. Deshaun Jackson uh, and Ellis Clark, you know, if he stays healthy too. You're right about that, though, Mike. He's got the uh, he, he's got the uh, all all injury team there. You know, with Vick getting hurt. Yeah, the all possible injury team. And Glenn's up next. Uh, He's got AP, uh, Greg Jennings, and Vernon Davis. Is he going to look uh, wide receiver, running back, or will he try at a quarterback? I think he's going to wait for the quarterback a little later. I'll say he goes running back, wide receiver uh, real quick, and we're going to know it here in about, uh, I don't know, seven, eight seconds. I'm licking my chops for Marquez Cole. Oh, there he goes. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Marquez Cole. Off the board, uh, that would have been a very uh, nice gold mine. Look at that. Look, uh, you know, we were talking about Glenn's team earlier. Uh, let's look at it again. Adrian Peterson, Greg Jennings, uh, a solid Green Bay uh, option there for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Vernon Davis, arguably the best tight end in the game, if he can get a quarterback. And then Marquez Colston, to see Colston fall. Well, this is a guy who who is the number one receiving option for Drew Brees, and you get him at 4-9. I mean, that's – I mean, Marquez Colson, Reggie Wayne, they belong in the same discussion. They're the number one target uh, for their quarterback, who's an elite quarterback. And look, look where you're getting the that value was, on Colson. Is, 
I guess people are worried about the knee, but I, I don't know. That, that's reconstructive, well, Scott, and, I, and I think he's going to be okay. Scott, that wasn't a bad pick, uh, knowing that uh, King Thompson right behind him has still uh, two running backs and a quarterback and doesn't have a wide receiver. So right now, Dunn, he, he's sitting on the clock, and he's going, well, he's going to go ahead and take LeGarrette Blunt at running back. So very interesting for uh, Donnie Thompson, for King Thompson, with Chris Johnson, Michael Turner, LeGarrette Blunt, and Aaron Rodgers. That is solid right now, as far as I can see. And, Scott, uh, you're on the clock with uh, with Foster, uh, Mike Wallace. You third wide Clay. receiver there, Scott. Yeah, Steve Johnson is a guy that I've been a uh, fanatic about. Another UK guy. Uh, you know, I'm going to be drafting UK players. I can mark my word. I've got my Kentucky <laughs> Connect started up here with uh, Stevie Johnson. Fitzpatrick still in place. A guy who had 130 targets last year. They didn't bring in any help yet. Uh, 80 receptions, 10 touchdowns. This guy just made it happen. I love getting 130 receptions right now or 130 targets with Stevie Johnson. Uh, I think he's an explosive player. Let's let's go back to that McGinnis Blunt pick, though. It's an interesting pick for uh, for Don Thompson because this guy knows what he's doing. Three running backs and one quarterback on the board, Mike, uh, or two yeah. running backs and a quarterback on the board, and he goes another running back with McGinnis Blunt. That surprised me a little bit. He's got the, he's got three solid running backs that he can use at any point in time, and. Probably one of the most uh, pointed quarterbacks in the NFL, in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this thing is falling to him, and I really love his team. And we'll see what kind of uh, wide receivers come to him or tight ends. Uh, that's going to happen here in the next couple rounds. But uh, right now, done. Wow, that's, that's a heck of a team. All right, let's look at what Tommy just did here. He takes. Mr. Migraine, Percy Harvin, without a quarterback, uh, Christian Ponder. Uh, and he takes Jonathan Stewart, who, uh, you know what, we've got an interesting team there going on. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Tommy? Is just Tommy still on the line? Go ahead. I like Jonathan Stewart. I like Jonathan Stewart. I liked him last year. I got him a lot. I, you know, by the end of summer, I was taking getting him in the fourth round last year a lot. And, uh and I think uh, D'Angelo's out of there. I don't know where he's going. D'Angelo's a nice, talented running back, but I think he's out of there. And uh, Jonathan's going to get the ball on all three, on three downs this year. Uh, it's just a quick, and if that offensive line gets healthy, uh, they're going to have to run the ball. And, and they'll probably be going up against State in the box all year too. But uh, but they're going to have to run the ball. He's going to get his carries, and, and he's a horse. I needed a horse. I needed another horse. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It, Intrigued me more than anything, Tom. Uh, your first, uh, your first pick on that flip was uh, Percy Harvin. Uh, yeah, you felt p- pretty confident about him, obviously. No, I, well, I, he was the best one out there. I don't like having him as my number one receiver, but he's uh, he was what was out there. You know, I I went I went with the tight ends. I did the double tight end thing early on, and I probably should have taken a, a tight end and a wide receiver. But yeah, that's a little too conventional. I like to. I like to mix it up a little bit, and, uh, and nobody fell. I, you know, I thought Colson might get down to me. I wasn't taking that. I, you know, I mean, you look at Scott; he's dominating the wide receiver there. But I, I wanted to. I, um, I, I thought I'm real good with tight ends, and I thought that uh, I thought I had a better number one wide receiver fall to me, but that just wasn't meant to be. There were, uh, everybody else jumped on him, 
And uh, so that's what happens when you pick at the end sometimes. You know, you pick what's left. Well, I'm taking right, this round. Mr. Migraine. Go ahead. I'm, I'm taking this round as the round of the quarterback. Uh, when that's you start to see way. dominant quarterbacks last to the fifth round, I think you're going to see a big run. You can't let guys like Rivers, like Brady, yeah, there goes Brady, like Schaub, like Romo. I mean, these guys are elite quarterbacks. And you can't let them go. I never will let Peyton Manning ever get out of a fifth round if I'm in a fifth round, period, point blank, in the story. It'll never happen. When other people are paying a second-round price for Rodgers or a third-round price for Breeze, I will never let Peyton Manning get out of the fifth round. It's just too important of a position these days. Quarterback might once used to be thought of a position where you could wait and, you know, always get your quarterback later. But the game in the NFL is changing. It's changing to a – Running back by committee, it's changing to the deep ball, uh, the offensive quarterback protection, uh, and it's just the game is changing, and elite quarterback is a real important part of a fantasy team these days. Did, uh, let me ask you this, Scott. Did you uh, kind of set that up with your uh, third-round pick, getting Reggie Wayne, and did you think that Manning would be available in round five, thinking, okay, the combo could be set in place again this year? No, no, I never gave it. I never gave it a second thought at that point. I, I, don't, I don't think that's on the head. You know, I didn't like Reggie Wayne. He's not a third-round talent. <laughs> hey, Scotty, don't you live in Indianapolis? Isn't that where you live? I do. I know. Just say yes. But I know you like them. And then you go to the hometown boys. You got the, you got the hook up there. And you're absolutely right, uh, Peyton. Peyton in the fifth is uh, is almost a sin. I shouldn't let him go. I put in, in the hindsight being twenty twenty. I, I still let Percy go. Taking Stewart and, and Manning as, as my two picks, but uh, I but I, I like to wait on the quarterback. Of course, you are. He is an elite quarterback. The thing about Peyton is, and this happens. This has happened to me many times over the years. He gets here into the playoffs. He's one of those guys. He's going to be a top three. He might lead the league. He might be the guy that, that gets you there. You know, thirty, forty touchdowns, tons of yards, all kinds. And uh, and then you get in the playoffs, and he has one clunker. And in these head-to-head leagues, which is FFPC is in the playoffs, the head-to-head league, he, for me anyway, it just seems to me he's always throwing a clunker in like somewhere in weeks 14, 15, or 16. He gets out there and he hands the ball off all day to somebody, and he doesn't and he doesn't get the numbers you're used to from him. And uh, and somebody beats me by a point and a half, something like that. I that's just been my personal experience with him. Uh, I love the guy though, and I've taken him many times. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to get you into the playoffs, but I, I feel, I smell a clunker from him every t- every year, week 14 to 16, somewhere in there. That's my rant. All right, three seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're drafting live at the FFPC Genesis Draft. This kicks off the fantasy season for those folks and supporters of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. We want to give a shout out. Uh, to Dave and Alex, wow. owners and founders of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, go to myffpc.com. Uh, $100,000 to $200,000, the main event grand prize has increased this year, has doubled. They've chipped in an extra hundred grand, And they've also increased league prices from uh, $8,500, I think, to ten grand per league. So it's a, uh, it's a fun contest to play in. It's one of the high-stakes contests a lot of us uh, – playing every year, drafting out in Vegas, Caesars Palace, online options. They've got a lot going on, guys. Tommy, you play in the FFPC. What do you uh, What do you like most about this format? Uh, I, you know, I I think it's a wide-open format. I love it. I, first off, everybody 
everybody that's 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 really good at this. I mean, there's such good competition there. They draft, they have drafted Caesars every year since the get-go. We've been at Caesars every year. Uh, it's a bunch of friends. They're great guys. They pay on time. They they uh, the, the format is wonderful. Two flexes, tight end getting a point and a half. Um, I mean, very liberal. I like the way their scoring goes. And uh, and and everything about this this contest since it started. What is it? You're four now, right? You were there for you and I drafted right next to each other in the first year of this thing, as I as I recall. And uh, it's uh, it's just uh, you know it's, it's one of the big three, and you know, probably one of the big two now, and and maybe the big one. So these guys are these guys are great. They run a great contest, and uh, and it's just fun to be a part of, you know. And plus, you can draft live or you can draft online too, which. Uh, which uh, helps a lot of people. A lot of people can't get to Vegas, and um, and they have the option to draft online too. So you know, it's just a great contest and run by great. And let's talk about. Let's Mike go ahead. Let's talk about what we just saw here at the turn. Warkitten came back with a Zach Miller uh, from Oakland, fantastic pick at the end of the fifth round, and a Daniel Thomas, running back of Miami. Still a lot of questions there. They, the free agency hasn't happened. You think that Daniel Thomas is a good pick there? Obviously, they could bring in somebody like a D'Angelo or a free agent running back to save the day. What's going to change from LT, LaDainian Thomason, last year than this year? He only got better. He only looks better. Uh, the only thing that's going to hurt him is just, uh, you know, a potential lockout and those type things. But if he keeps himself in shape, nothing's going to change himself and uh, the Tanksman scoring touchdowns and getting a lot of yards rushing and receiving. Nothing. Yeah, you got to like the Zach Miller pick. He had plenty of big games last year. Tenth tight end overall. With a quarterback that you really can't say you had that rhythm with yet. You know, it took a while to get Jason Campbell really uh, entrenched in that offense, but once he did – uh, the target started to rack up for one Zach Miller, 6'5", 255, this kid in his fifth year, 60 catches, five touchdowns, 92 targets. That's what I like to see, 92 targets. Uh, that means he is heavily involved in that offense. But that offense is getting a lot better, guys, don't you think? I mean, with the resurgence of Darren McFadden in this offense and some of the other weapons that we see there, there's another quarterback off the board, Tony Romo. We said that those quarterbacks would go, and sure enough, we've seen Tom Brady go to Glenn. We saw Rich grab up, snag up Phillip Rivers, and now we saw Jason take Tony Romo to pair up with his trio of wide receivers. We didn't talk about Kenny Britt, Mike. What do you think about Kenny Britt this year? Yeah, Kenny Britt went a little early uh, as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, it's hard to tell because it's, because it is so early. I mean, why not take a flyer on a on a guy like Kenny Britt? Uh, Brandon Pettigrew just went. Uh, you know, starting to see the, these tight ends and these quarterbacks starting to push up the line. I've got one team that I'm looking at right now that doesn't have a tight end, and they just drafted a quarterback. And this team right now screams at me. I mean, they are that good. So uh, I'm just going to uh, let you know who that is here in just a little bit. All right, okay, I'm a little, look at uh, Pettigrew. He's, uh, I'm a little surprised at that, but I not. Uh, I mean, the guy's got talent. I'm just, uh, but it makes me think twice because I see that that Mike Santos took him, and uh, and Mike knows what he's doing, man. That that kid is very, very, very good at this, and. Uh, uh, I have to look. I want to look closer at Pettigrew now because just because of who took him. 
Why do you think, uh, you know, a guy like a Tony Gonzalez is last into the sixth round? I mean, here you have a Hall of Fame tight end who was number four in the league in targets last year. Uh, you bring in a Julio Jones to open up the offense, you would think that will free things up for Tony Gonzalez to kind of roam around the field a little bit, you know? Uh, Mike, Tony Gonzalez, uh, what do you think? This is a Matt Ryan team. They're going to go to a passing offense now. Don't you think that bodes well for Tony Gonzalez? Well, yeah, absolutely. It, it should. Uh, but uh, they still know that uh, their offensive line is not that bad. And I think that uh, Turner – Turner can uh, he can have a lot of fun in the backfield as well. So you got to understand they got to play that division twice, you know, throughout the season. So the matchups, what they're going against schedule wise, I think will afford them more of a running attack than it will of a passing attack. Felix Jones is off the board at uh, round. Six eight or six nine. I'm sorry, Felix Jones. They drafted the the rookie there, and they're talking about him maybe competing. But Felix Jones is a nice picture this late. You talk about a back who you would think that Marion Barber is going to go by the wayside this year. And this this is a back that kind of fits for me. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say it. He fits for me the the Sean Shady McCoy mold. 185 carries, 50 receptions. You put him in the backfield a little bit more than he was last year because Barber is bye-bye, and the only thing you got in there is a rookie. He kind of fits that LaShawn McCoy mold where he's a dual-threat kind of back but not a heavy carry back. Tommy, do you see that comparison being a little bit valid? With Felix? I, I think that, uh, yeah, I like, I, yeah, that is valid. However, I mean, it's like you might call it uh, shady, shady light because he just he doesn't, you know, he'll have a couple of good games, and then he doesn't give him. He gets off the field. He gets hurt. I don't know what the heck he does. He just, he's never been. Uh, he's never been the free down back anywhere, even at Arkansas. I mean, you know, he was a first round pick. Jerry Jones loves him, and he gets every chance uh, to stay on the field, but he just doesn't do it. He can't. He doesn't string together a full season. That's why he's lasting into this into this round. You know, back in, into the sixth round because all the talent there. He's as fast as anybody on the field. Um, and uh, and he can catch the ball. He just uh, he just gets nicked up relief. Just when you love him, just when you're thinking, oh God, this guy's going to carry my team, boom, he's out. And uh, that's 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 my only issue with him. I'd love to see he, he gets through a full season. Yeah, he's going to be tough to fight. He bet. All right, Tommy, you've got a minute left on the clock, so we're going to let you think about what picks you want here. You've got the turn picks, Mike. I went ahead and took Chris Cooley. King Thompson took Anquan Bolden, which was another player. Look, he had him fell on his lap in the sixth round. This is still Anquan Bolden. This is a second year with Joe Flacco. It does take a while to get used to a new quarterback. I mean, let's face it. You, you know, he had Kurt Warner all his life, and a little bit of Matt Leinart, back to Kurt Warner. Uh, you have a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and you go to Joe Flacco in a running offense. It's going to take a while to find that chemistry. I think Bolden should rebound a little bit this year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think he will. Uh, I was kind of intrigued by your pick uh, as far as uh, going with the tight end Cooley. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Bowden's going to rebound. But as far as rebounding, he'll be fine. But, again, like what I talked about with an, uh, the other team is, uh, you know, is it going to be run-oriented or how much of the pass is going to be involved? Like, you know, you put uh, Bowden with uh, – uh, Ray Rice. Ray Rice is the Mac Daddy on that team. Ray Rice is the guy. Joe Flacco knows that Ray Rice is the guy. So how much is Bowden going to get, and how many times are they going to be uh, uh, 
uh, pressured into the situation to throw downfield. Yeah. Uh, Tommy just took A.J. Green at the turn and followed it back up with Matt Cobb. Mike, I'm on the clock. You and Tommy can talk about those two picks while I figure out what the heck I'm going to do here. Okay. Uh, Hey, Tommy, uh, A.J. Green, nice pick. Uh, you pretty, you felt pretty confident about that, uh, taking it pretty quick. Uh, wh- uh, give me something on A.J. Green. What, uh, well, he's a, did, I mean, he's, you wouldn't he's have him or? I like, I like his talent. I think that, uh, I, I think that he's got a, he, he's got a chance to, to be very, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a, he was a great wide receiver in college and played at the, he played at the top level of, of college football. Uh, I I like him a lot there. I just don't know what to think of him as regards to the situation he's going into. You know, he's going to Cincinnati. Uh, who knows? I mean, I, Carson Palmer's not going to be there. I, I I don't see any any way to put Carson Palmer on that team this year. Uh, so right. he's going to have a rookie throwing him the ball. But uh, but hey, maybe it's, they'll they'll kind of learn together. I I don't see him. Um, I I just think he was the best talent on the board, Mike. And he's the best right. rookie coming out. He doesn't have the best situation. The other rookie does. Uh, Jones does. Right. But, uh, but I thought that was the right place to take. I really want to talk more about your second pick that you took, uh, Matt Schaub. Uh, Matt Schaub, in my opinion, last year had a down year. But this guy is—he's got an—he's an amazing talent. He's got a ton of uh, uh, weapons around him. So I feel like that you, you may have snagged a quarterback that uh, I don't know. A lot of people, at the end of the day, wish they could have had. He—he he could end up being. Uh, up there, Mike. He's he's uh, he's an upside type of pick, I think. He's he's uh, he's in a good situation. I think they're going to be throwing more. I think with Johnson healthy all year, you know, Johnson played hurt most of the last year. He's just an animal. And uh, yeah. and Owen Daniels being back there, I think that uh, yeah, he's going to have a lot of options. So he's he's got a chance. They're going to be a better team. Um, there was him, and there was another quarterback I, I liked there too. But I didn't think either one of them would make it back to me. So I figured it was time to pull a trigger on a quarterback. But you know what? To be honest with you. Uh, Scotty did the the right thing in the last round. Picking he got Peyton, and, and uh, when and you know getting Peyton in the fifth or Schaub in the seventh, I think uh, I think the better thing to do is to take Peyton. That's that's I see that as a as a much better pick. I, I'm getting snookered here. I'm just I'm getting kind of worked here. <laughs> this type of thing, and that you know that, that you'll have that. But you never know. If you remember last year, Scotty's won this thing two out of the three years we've done it so far, and last year. He took uh, Vincent Jackson in the second round, and I think you know that was a, actually a laughable pick. But uh, but he made up for it by you know uh, making a lot of great late picks and and, uh, and 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 winning the league at the end. So you know these things it's it's fun to talk about now, but a hundred different things could happen. People get hurt and uh, and things right. happen. You know, and and people jump to the top that you never expect, and that happens every single year, doesn't it, Mike? Someone comes out of nowhere that you don't expect. Something, and, uh, and you know what? Something always happens, Tom. It, it never fails. And uh, I just see that uh, Matt, Matt Ryan went off, uh, and uh, right. we're waiting on uh, Rich. And I'm very anxious for Rich because I've been looking at his team, uh, I guess, the entire draft. And uh, he's, you know, he's without a tight end. So I don't know if he's going to reach for a tight end now or if he's going to continue to uh, uh, get deep with uh, the running backs and his wide receivers. But uh, this guy is uh, he's slowly but surely building quite a team. You really like his team. I'm looking at his team now, too. He's, I, yeah, Welker's going to get all those catches for him if he stays healthy. Santonio, of course, i got to like Santonio. He's the MVP of the Super Bowl for the six-time champs. Uh, Steven Jackson just – 
Is always steady Eddie going there? I think, I, I worry about about Matthews a little bit. Even last year, you know, he was going. If you remember, at the end of the summer, people were taking him near the end of the first round, middle of, uh, you know, after the seventh or eighth pick, he was going off the board. Yep. And he hadn't proven anything yet. He still hasn't had 300 carries in a season. I just he's got all the talent in the world. He's another one, but he hasn't proven a thing yet. He, he's in a nice situation though. You got to give him that. You know, up there in yep. San Diego, they're, they're very prolific. And I really do like Rivers. I I hope to get Rivers more this year. Than yeah, I, I, I don't year. blame you there. I don't yeah, blame you. Rivers, uh, Rivers, he's solid. I mean, he just gets uh, he don't get good pub, I guess, because uh, being in San Diego and being kind of a smart aleck the way he comes across. But, <laughs> he's but, he's a smart the bottom line is he, he puts up great stats. He took that. You think last year? You think? Look at what he did with nobody. I I wasn't drafting him last year because they didn't have anybody to throw to. The, the wide receivers, you know, there was a problem with VJ and and other people being hurt. And I just thought they you got a bunch of no names. There's nobody he can get the ball to except for Gates. And Gates even got hurt too. But he still threw for tons of yards and touchdowns. And he yeah. throws. You know, he's got that cockeyed throw. He's got a great release. So yeah, I, <laughs> I Rivers. Rivers grew on me a lot last year. I'll, I'll be drafting him a lot yeah. this summer. Yeah. Scott, you still with us? Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on in the chat room right now. you got to look at these guys at the end of this draft board. They don't have uh, like you've got two teams here, three teams here at the end of the draft, four, you know, in the four in the bottom half that don't have a tight end yet. And, again, this is the FFPC you look down the list here, Tony Gonzalez is still on the board. Somebody's going to get a gold mine there. Mercedes Lewis with 10 touchdowns last year is on the board. Uh, you got to think that somebody's going to believe in a maybe a Tony Moyaki or an Aaron Hernandez. Dustin Keller was a beast in the first part of the year, but then he completely fell apart even though San Antonio came back. You know, you thought that with San Antonio coming back that that would open things up for Keller, but it really looked like, Defenses kind of figure out what Keller was doing on the field. He's a great receiver, but if, if they figured out how Sanchez would get the ball to Keller, and they kind of shut him down because he was on pace for a, a blistering season last year, and then it just kind of all fell apart and collapsed and never again. A lot of owners started him repeatedly thinking they wanted a little bit of that back, you know, wanted to taste that again, and he never did it again the rest of the year. He got – I don't have the numbers, but let me pull them up. It was tight. It was it was touchdown galore right off the bat. Hey, he, he comes off with five touchdowns in the first four games, and how many does he end up with the rest of the year, including three playoff games? Five. That's it. He doesn't have a touchdown the rest of the season. That was it. Not a nothing. And it just seemed like wow, what a big disappointment for Keller after that. And so you know, one of these teams is going to have to take a shot here at a tight end because if they don't get one. They're going to be hurting in an FFPC format. you just got to have a tight end in this format. I would right, agree. Yeah. It's, it's going to have to happen uh, with some teams. And, uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez, he just goes off. And like what you said, uh, back then again. They're listening. They're listening. I'm really looking at this, at this team of uh, Rich Dunn and uh, – He's got a ton of running backs, a ton of wide receivers, and uh, he just took another wide receiver and Steve Smith. So he's bucking the system, basically. He's saying, the heck with you one and a half points. I'll get my tight end here in a little while. Yeah, you know, you don't want to get into a, you don't want to get into a pattern of chasing a position just because you have to. Uh, Steve Smith 
wait a minute. That's the Steve Smith of the New York Giants. I hope he knows that that's the Steve Smith of the New York Giants. It's not the Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers. Soon right. to be a free agent. Uh, so let's hopefully yeah. he got that correct, and that's the one he wanted. They might both be Steve Smith of the New York Giants here in a month or two. Yeah, which one do you think has more? I love Matt Ryan at 7-12 for the chef. Matt Ryan, they're going to open up that offense and get him at 7-12. Let's take a mental note here. Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan in the seventh round. Uh, Ding dong, you know, the bell's going off for me. If you can wait to the seventh and get Matt Schaub or Matt Ryan, I think that might be the way to go, though. I think that's where the the dominant tier kind of ends. this is a deep-season quarterback. You've got a couple of more quarterbacks on here that are still considered dominant. Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Freeman up and coming, and Eli Manning. I mean, those are a couple of quarterbacks here that, wow, what a deep quarterback year. I wasn't going to bring it up because he hadn't been drafted yet, but Roethlisberger, I mean, of course, I'm a homer, but the chef is too. He's from Pittsburgh. I am very surprised that he took Matt Ryan over Ben Roethlisberger. I thought about Roethlisberger instead of Shop, but uh, – I thought Ben Ryan was picking down though. Well, no, he's out there. He's he's uh, he's he's still on the board. He's on there right now. He's, uh, a lot of people have uh, a lot of people have their quarterbacks. I think the Steelers are going to have to throw the ball more this year. I I still like Mendy, um, but uh, I think they're just going to have to. They if the NFL, if the NFL. I mean, it's just a change game. It seems like you have you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to throw. They showed us in the Super Bowl. You see what. I mean, Green Bay just picked us apart. They just, he just, they didn't care if we stopped the run. They just threw it. They just kept throwing it. And they had beaten okay. us by 21 points, maybe 28 points, if those guys wouldn't have dropped all those bastards. They, uh, they, they are just, it's, it's a throwing league. And I think that that's, they, they said that they put a pebble out there. Green Bay did in the Super Bowl. And I think that you're going to see a lot more of it this, over the course of this season. And I think it's, that the Steelers are going to be just like anybody else. I think, I think they didn't like running it as much as they did last year. They didn't like the way Meggie fumbled the ball in the Super Bowl, and I think they're gonna. Uh, I think they're gonna throw the ball more. They got those young receivers, and, I mean, and uh, it's, it's good for Ben. Hey, uh, Tom, real quick, let me jump in. Uh, I, I think there's a problem with the uh, draft room because uh, it shows Matt Ryan, and then it shows uh, War Kittens round eight. Uh, after his next two picks, he didn't pick Matt Ryan. Now, now, okay, now we're now we're talking. Yeah, he got Ryan. He got Ryan, and he goes Fred Jackson, Mike. After that, bounce yeah. up. It's it's Kitty's it's Kitty's pick. It's John's pick. Okay. Yeah, it looks like Paul Paul the chef took uh, Heath Miller here at eight one, which was uh, a player that he needed to get. He needed to get his uh, tight end situation resolved before he let this turn go because you you're in the FFPC, buddy. You can't go. Uh, eight rounds and not get a tight end. Now let's see if Rich Dunn decides to wait. Maybe he's got a sleeper queued oh, up. Uh, you've got Jermaine Gresham still out there. You've got Dustin Keller still out there, and he's waiting until the eighth round to fill the tight end position. You got Brent Selleck, who had a dismal year last year. Everybody was painting him as a top five tight end last year, and boy, as soon as Kevin Cobb goes down. I- Michael Vick could not get Brent Sellis the ball. He's yeah. Going to if, uh, if, if Rick, How about Ben Watson? That's another what? option. Todd yeah, Heath, Shanko, Paulson. 
Yeah, there's some, yeah. There's, a, there's a bunch of guys there. I mean, any one of them you could make a case for jumping out there and catching 60 or 70 balls, you know. That, uh, uh, Rich that, Dunn decides to go with the other Steve Smith. How about that? Did he take both of them? Yeah, I wonder, yes, I wonder if that was Joel a mistake uh, or, or if he just thought that, uh, you know, because Steve Smith, New York Giants, that's a little early considering the injury history that he had. A lot of people are thinking that he lost a little bit of that speed, and, and I believe he's admitted it himself. It's going to be a long road back if he ever gets it back. So, uh, Plus you have the emergence of Mario Manningham. They draft a wide receiver. I'm wondering if Steve Smith can, can re, reclaim that, you know, uh, consistent target. Hey, Sid, hey, Sid, go, go, go. Cardinals. All right, Jordy Nelson off the board. Jewel McClain takes Jordy Nelson as her number four wide receiver. And I got, I, I tell you, Tommy, I like the Jordy Nelson pick. I was, I had him in my list here. He was somebody on my radar that I would have taken as a fourth. We saw what he could do in the Super Bowl, and we saw what he could do in the playoffs. It seemed like they got a really good chemistry going. You enter back in Jermichael Finley to that mix and an aging Donald Driver. There's a couple of dynamics there, plus you draft uh, Randall Cobb. But I think Jordy Nelson is still firmly entrenched as one of Rogers' favorite targets. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he's in the mix. But uh, he's, my thing with Jordy is, I mean, I like him a lot, too. I've taken him a lot over the years. But it's always a question, was it going to be him or Jones or him or Jones? And, and both of them just dropped the ball, it seems, too much. I mean, Jordy dropped a big one. In the, Jordy dropped a, a nice one in the Super Bowl himself. But he, he makes great, spectacular catches, you know. He, he, he makes head turners, and then he'll drop an easy one every once in a while. He's, he's, uh, but he's definitely in the mix. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's going to be there. You've got, you got to figure, though, there's only one ball, and, if, and if you're, like you just said, if Michael comes back healthy, I don't know if that's good for all the other wide receivers. I don't know if it's – but, of course, they're just going to throw the ball. Green Bay is going to throw the ball. Brian Grant's coming back, too, this year, though. I mean, apparently he's healthy, and uh, – He's, he'll he'll be in the mix himself, and he'll be in the you know they're going to have to they will hand it off every once in a while against a team that uh, that doesn't stop the run so much. But uh, but yeah, they're, they're on the field a lot. They're on the field a lot. I just don't know that um, Jordy. Uh, I don't know that Jordy is going to is going to get the ball as much as, as as he might want to, or anybody on the team besides Jennings and Finley. I think they're the two big guns on that team. So let's take a look at. Uh... John Duckworth from the 11 hole, uh, Warkins uh, from Big F and Dynasty Show. Uh, ben Roethlisberger drafted in the eighth. You get a get a, a stud quarterback who you can count on week in week out. Ben Roethlisberger, you feel great about in your lineup. I had him last year in the World Championship. I felt great about him every week. He missed a couple of games, but look, he's going to throw even more. From by all accounts, you got Tommy on the show telling you he's going to throw, and you get him in the eighth round. He, he has uh, he, he got all kinds of talent with McFadden and Ingram and Tom. It's kind of a risky team there, but uh, at the same time, not as much risk as you might think. You put Mark Ingram in the team in New Orleans, he's going to get the ball. You put Daniel Thomas and you draft him to be the starter there, uh, he's going to get the ball. Crabtree, look, I mean that's another guy heralded out of college, hasn't really produced yet. Still a lot of quarterback issues. If Alex Smith is the quarterback, won't be that pick. That's not going to work. But if, if they do anything uh, to, to upgrade that position a little bit, Crabtree has all the talent in the world, just is his head in it. But, uh, hey, you wait until the eighth round, you still pull off Ben Roethlisberger, that's not too bad, you know. I think you could sign me up for that. Look at look at Rich Dunn for a second. Uh, four wide receivers in the last five picks. 
uh, you start off with three running backs. We kind of wondered how that strategy was going to was going to do, and he ends up with a wide receiver corpse of Welker, Antonio Holmes, and the Steve Smith brothers. Not too shabby, Mike. Uh, we lost Mike. Looks like Mike has uh, dropped out on us, Tommy. It's you and I. Mario Manningham is off the board. And I've got to make a pick here. I've got all kinds of, let's see, Mike Williams is gone. Uh, okay, I've got a little flyer and a guy there that I kind of like. Uh, I'm not going to say that who that is. Uh, my running back position is still awfully weak here. I love Foster. I mean, he kind of makes up for the, the running back position being a little weak. Let's see, though. Sometimes you can make up with that with, uh, you know, another position that might scream out at me, like a tight end maybe. Uh, I don't see any reason to take a tight end out here because you've got two already on the board, so there's no real reason for me to go tight end unless you're going to go three. Uh, is that right? Is he still out there? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You know, he is still out there. He's, he's uh, hmm, hmm, okay. Fred Jackson of Buffalo, somebody I'm looking at here. Got 28 seconds on the clock. Uh, he's getting a little up there, you know. Uh, he's getting a little older. He's in his 30s, man. Once you get into your 30s, but he's still a heavily, heavily targeted guy. Man, I'll tell you what, it's going to be, going to be tough to turn him down, but, uh, you know, there's somebody in Washington is going to do very well. Somebody in Washington is going to do very, very well. We're not sure who it's going to be yet. There's still a lot of questions, uh, but Ryan Terrain, you know, he, he got 160-some-odd carries in about half the season that he played. Uh, they didn't have a lot of other options, but we'll see if he can't do something. I've got uh, I've got some plans for for Mr. Ryan Terrain this year. Tommy's on the All clock. Right. Well, I'm gonna I am going to flood flood my roster here with rookie wide receivers. There we go. And, Man, you uh, are playing dynasty. Is this a, this, hey, somebody send Tommy the memo. This is not a dynasty league. He's trying to and Julio but, Jones expecting big, big things. You know, the thing is, Calvin and Fitz and those guys, they didn't have dominant seasons, even though they were very heralded out of college the way that A.J. <laughs> Green and Julio are. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of defy that rookie wide receiver stigma that's attached. I mean, it takes a while to learn oh, so the nuance. Now you're going to throw board on you. Well, just to prove, yeah, that I that I I know it's not a dynasty league. I took my man Hines Ward, the dancer. He goes Hines Ward on you. <laughs> hey, look, though, six, I, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, Tom. You uh, you kind of drafted the way I redrafted my uh, hyperactive uh, three league. Just kind of bunch of young guys, and then just bunch of older guys, and see how they mix in. And sometimes it comes to fruition. We'll see who. Uh, never, we'll see who's on. It's 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 early in the season, Mike. And I I but I want to say something here. I want to bring up something. Uh, we were talking earlier. Scott was going on about uh, War Kitten's team, John's team, and I and I looked at it. You know, as you talk about a team, I'll go look at the roster here. And I tell you what, I love his team. I love what he did. He he's got my man Big Ben. He took my man Fix in the first round. I think he took him too. And and. Uh, and he's, and Darren McFadden, bunch of upside, and Mark Ingram. I'm just very very happy with Mark Ingram. I I you know I I was thinking of taking him myself. Yep. Well, I, I would have taken him if he'd have made it back to me. I love Warkitten's team. He's got um, 
He's he's got he's, he's already he's he's got the lot of upside on too. Mm-hmm. He was pretty solid there, uh, Tom, with uh, uh, Ben and uh, like I say Ingram, McFadden. Uh, I'm not so sure how he's looking at running back. I, I'm really not. I mean, I love McFadden and everything, but uh, I don't know. And Ingram is still an unknown. So, you know, jury's still out, in my opinion, on that team. You know how sometimes you, guys, you, you go on gut feel sometimes? I mean, I know I have some yeah. friends. I have some very people I respect a great deal and win a lot of this. That are, that are just basically stats guys, and they're very good at it. But it's, I mean, if the guy don't have the right stats, they never go for him. And uh, last, I mean, I, there are certain, but there are certain guys you just got a feel for. And even though Ingram was hurt a lot last year, I just love that. I love his pedigree. I just, I just, I yeah. love the way he runs the ball. I love the way he doesn't go down on the first hit. And um, and I just have, I have a feeling about him. I think he just might be dynamite in that offense this year. Well, right now, to be honest with you, Tommy, I am in love with uh, with Rich's team. I mean, you know, Philip Rivers, a quarterback, Frank Gore, Stephen Jackson, Ryan Matthews, running back, and then Santonio Holmes and T. Steve Smith. I, I think he took a step back uh, with those Steve Smith, not having a tight end, but uh, I, I'm in love with that team right now. I like his team yeah. too. Yeah, he's got, he's he's real strong at running back. But you're right; he needs a tight end. He's got to get a tight end. Uh, in the, yeah. In the, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I like I love his quarterback. Uh, you know, he's and solid. He's, he's right there. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, if you look at it right now, it's hard to say his team. Is there a sticky team out there? Is there something, something you really don't like? I mean, it's it's there's, there's really not one out there that I can say that about. I like Easy Richard's team a lot too. I don't know if I think it's exciting for you. No, Peyton looks great. He's got Arian, looks great. I don't know if I'd have gone there, but, uh, but uh, you know, he saw he's going to be the starter there. What do you think? I mean, didn't they draft the running back, though, Scotty? You tell me. What the, and the running back situation in Washington is not uh, just a basically done-fixed deal, is it, right now? Is it? Hey, look, anytime you got Mike Shanahan involved, it's an absolute mess. You never know what it's going to be. At this point in this draft, I'm desperate for some running back flyers. I'm going to take them just as I see them. And, and I thought it was important to go running back wide receiver rather than the inverse at this point. So I, mm-hmm. I went ahead and grabbed a Fiance Ranch. There's a lot of teams here developing that I want to talk about, guys. I'm, uh, I, I saw Azuri just took uh, everybody's sleeper tight end that, every, you know, that I'm high on, Jared Cook. I think everybody saw yeah. what he was capable of finally late in the season. To see Mike Santos get Eli Manning in the ninth, I mean, look, this is a 4,000-yard quarterback uh, that where, you know, look, we would most quarterbacks would be ecstatic about 4,000 yards. There's only a handful of guys. I'm talking about five guys in the league last year that have 4,000 yards, and Eli Manning's one of them, and he's getting him in the ninth round. So very, uh, very savvy drafting there on Mike's part to get that. Uh, I'm really excited about what I saw there with the Dusty Ashby experience, waiting uh, and getting a Mike Thomas there uh, in the eighth. You know, that's a that's a player that I was really high on. Uh, you, you figure that Mike Sims-Walker is gone, and Mike Thomas, uh, look, he turned all the heads last year in camp. He, he had a very good season in his second year. But what is next year, Mikey? What is next year for Mike Thomas? It's his third year, and we all know that third year is the year that wide receivers 
typically tend to break out. And this is a guy who has a number two option in the offense, had 100 targets. Now, you talk about that third-year leap. Can Mike Thomas make that third-year leap? 5'8", 195, blazing 4'3", speed. He's got Mike Wallace speed. He's got Mike Wallace speed, Tommy. Mike Thomas has Mike Wallace speed. So let's see what uh, what Mike Thomas can do as Dusty Axby's number four wide receiver. Well, yeah, they're they're uh, they're loaded at wide out. You know, some, you know, Andre jumping up my man. Andre, oh yeah, right, they're good there. They're, they're, yeah, Jeremy Macklin. They, I think they took Jeremy Macklin before. Uh, before uh, 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 Jackson, too. I mean, Jeremy went off the board before Jackson, didn't he, in this draft? He went off the board before Mike Williams in Tampa and Marquez Colston. So there's a lot of love in the in the Jeremy Macklin community. Again, that's another receiver coming up on his pivotal third year. And a lot of people say a lot of people are saying that he's better than Deshaun Jackson. So uh, you know, and that's the Jackson I guess you're talking about. He did go in front of Deshaun Jackson, and a lot of people are saying, hey. The chemistry was there. He's the true number one wide receiver. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson makes plays, but is he is he as well-rounded as Jeremy Macklin? I don't think so. Macklin has all the talent in the world. And we're, I think we're going to get to see that this year. Let's take a look at, at his team. That's Mike Krusek and uh, Joe Delzanero, uh, Baker Boy. Let's take a look yeah. at his team real quick. They don't, they don't have a quarterback yet, so they're still waiting. Maybe they're going to take a Josh Freeman here and, and be laughing all the way, to, or Sam Bradford or something like that. Uh, I can see that happening. They've got three running backs in Best, Sean Green, and Spiller. A little bit of risk there, guys. Best, Green, and Spiller. I don't think you're going to feel great about those options, especially with the injury history of Best last year. I mean, it seemed like turf for all year. They draft Mikel Ashur. That's your number one running back. You're going out on a limb saying that's our guy. But I, I like the kids, but I'm a little scared of him being my number one running back. I'll be honest. They're loaded at wide receiver and uh, and at running back. They got a lot of question marks. I mean, Sean Green. I mean, I like him as a running back, but in fact, I I was taking him a lot last year. And then they just went and gave the ball to LT all year, at least the first half of the season, which is when you when you're really building up your points to try and make the playoffs. And then I thought that Sean Green would come on and just take over the second half of the season. It didn't really happen. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal was with him up there. Was he playing hurt or what? But uh, if you remember his rookie year, and also when he was at Iowa, he's a he was a real nice running back. I mean, he's a he's he's a good he's a horse. You know, he's a, and on that team, that that's he's the one guy for that. He's the one that's the first and second down back. They got now they got Best and Spiller, and you might have to, if they stay healthy, they could each one of them could get 60, 70, 80 balls. Um, well, Spiller has to get on the field too. That's a, that's the problem with him. He's another one last year. You know, I. I watched uh, Jack Hahn, love him. But, uh, you know, Paul is beautiful. He goes by. He he got me a, a videotape. He he pointed out something on YouTube for me to look at of of uh, Spiller uh, doing his workouts and some of the some of his college plays. I thought the guy was phenomenal. I thought he was going to come in and just tear up the league. He's another one. Couldn't get on the field. Couldn't stay on the field. Although he did end up with a lot of all-purpose yards last year. He didn't. He didn't for fantasy football purposes. He wasn't really a point monger for us. You know. So uh, maybe maybe he's going to take the next step this year. I guess Joe and uh, and Mike seem to think he is, and they're both good at what they do. So we shall see what happens. But yeah, it's just, you're right, Scotty. I, I have to say a lot of question marks with their running back. I'm real disappointed with uh, John Duckworth's draft pick of Roy Halu. Very excited about Halu's future in Washington. I figured I would go with the the terrain pick and and kind of. Uh, 
you know, lead you guys off of the Roy Halu pick. And but uh, John's not having it. Uh, I know Mino, one of his buddies and his partners, likes uh, Halu as well. And so to see him go, I'm I'm kind of crushed. I'm kind of devastated right now. I'm on the Roy Halu bandwagon. I've got him in all my dynasties, or trying to get him in all of them. And uh, yeah, he's he's one of the kids that I was uh, I was targeting. Look, you can be wrong about all these rookies. These rookies are you know they're all crapshoot. You never know what's going to happen with a rookie. But I do like uh, the the style of running that I saw from Helu in college. I think if you put a Helu behind the line of a of a uh, you know the Alabama that Mark Ingram had, he would look just as fantastic as Ingram. I mean, I'm telling you that line in Alabama makes every back look good. So. You never know what's going to happen. Washington isn't, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, Shanahan, you just never know what he's going to do at running back. So you could have a, you could have yourself a Clinton Portis on your hands or you could have a, um, you know, just another, uh, just another, you know, in and out type uh, running back where you never know what you're going to get. But I like the pick. LaDainian Thomason off the board to the chef in the ninth round and Greg Olson. So he went with the Heath Miller, Greg Olson connection again. Look, when you're waiting for tight ends, and uh, in the FFPC at one and a half points per reception, it's important to get one. I think he did okay. You wait that long, Mike, eighth round, you get a Heath Mill and a Greg Olson. I think he did okay. He barely survived the tight end scare there that he was faced with. Heath Miller and Greg Olson, I think he did okay. Uh, I, you know what? I agree. I like I like what he did. He's Miller and Greg Olson. I think it's a real nice duo. If he picks the right one every week, uh, he could you know he, it, that could turn out real well for him. I mean, he's just getting a little older, but uh, but he's still a solid option. He, there's certain games where he catches five, six balls and and uh, a touchdown. You know, so sometimes two. He, he, he's that's possible for him. And Olson is still very young. I don't know. He was supposed to be a bigger part of that offense last year, and he had some games too. I don't know. He's another one. I wonder if he was playing hurt because I thought he and Cutler were really on the same page. I thought that uh, that, that was going to be a go-to thing, even in a Mike Marks offense. I thought that uh, that uh, Olson was finally the guy, the tight end that you could have in that offense, and he was going to use him. But um, but we shall see. You know, that uh, time will tell with those two. I think it's a nice duo, though. If you're going to wait. Laid on your tight ends, that's a, that's a nice duo to get. And getting back to your point about uh, Washington, Scotty, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you know, Shanahan's not afraid to use a rookie. So that Helu, uh, Helu, Helu, he's, uh, you know, I could I could see him. He could turn into the man there. That's, that's, that could be a, a, a pick of gold for working. Wow. Talk about the rookie running backs flying off the board here. Uh you got DeMarco Murray, Mikel LaShore, and Shane Vereen uh, within arm's distance of Roy Halen. Four rookie running backs off the board right there within about eight picks of each other. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting that uh, the rookie running back that uh, Joe and Mike went after from the uh, from the eight hole there, or the nine hole, eight hole, was not Javid best counterpart. But they took DeMarco Murray. So, you know, you would think you'd back up Javid Best there with uh, Mikel LeShore, but they chose not to and went with DeMarco Murray. And then Coyote Streakers uh, scoops up Mikel LeShore. I like it. I like it. I like the pick. I was looking at him. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought, well, he's got a chance to come back down because he could be the guy. You know, if he's, if he's durable in Detroit, uh, they'll give him a chance. I mean, you know, if Coyote doesn't stay on the field, uh, LaShore will, and, and LaShore's, you know, the, uh, a big guy 
you know, he he's he's he took over for Mendenhall at Illinois, right? He was he was the same type of back. He's a big bruiser, and uh, and, and they need a first and second down guy. I think that and if he can catch the ball, well, I'm not going to say he'll keep best off the field, but best is having trouble staying on the field himself. He's got to stay healthy. So yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that pick, and, and that's a real nice pick up this late in the draft. And and also the rookie that uh, that New England got that uh, 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 that just got picked up in this round too. I I'm, I was hearing uh, pretty good stuff about him myself too. Yeah, Shane Vereen there. Josh Freeman is off the board. You know that was a player right there. It was almost hard to see him be on the board this long. But look, he got Tom Brady, and it's more of a defensive play there. I think more than anything, he's just saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave Josh Freeman on my bench more than likely for all season. Tom Brady will be my guy. But I'm going to go ahead and take Josh Freeman. I'm not going to let a guy have Josh Freeman uh, and wait this long in the draft and get him. So that's more of a defensive play. Mike Trent, do you like the defensive-type moves? I mean, look, Glenn's not going to start him very likely. He's got Tom Brady. Do you like playing defense in these drafts? We lost Mike. Lost Mike again. All right. Lost Mike again. Mikey's coming in and out. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going in. He's going in and out. All right. All right. Josh Freeman is off the board uh, to Tom Brady owner Glenn Lowy, uh, who does uh, didn't really have. I mean, could he have used another wide receiver there? Yeah, but maybe he's got a couple of sleepers that he's that he's figuring he's gonna uh, he's gonna be okay with. Uh, later in the draft, there's some good players still on this board, man. Uh, a, a lot of big time. Big time wide receivers still on the board. I'm, I'm interested to see why nobody's looking at a Braylon Edwards. Uh, again, still doesn't have a, a situation there, a place he can call home. But again, it's a hundred target guy, a big time receiver. Uh-huh. Chad Ocho Cinco yeah. another guy that's still on the board. You you, you, know, you got to wonder about why he's still sitting out there. I mean, he doesn't have a home right now. But again, 125 targets in the tenth round. He's going to go somewhere. Somebody's going to play for somebody. Right, right. I agree. There goes Moiaki off the board. Go ahead and scratch him off the list. Boy, he made the catch of the year last year, didn't he? I saw a replay of that on television yesterday, that one-handed grab he made in the middle of the back of the end zone. Uh, And there goes Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. He is gone. No BGE for you, Scotty. It's your pick. Nope. No, nope, nothing, uh, nothing doing there. Okay, well, now we've got to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, we have some issues. Uh, we're going to go ahead and back up in case Ryan Williams is not uh, quite ready to start the season. We're going to go ahead and take Deanie Wells to go ahead and get the Arizona backfield situation kind of in check. Maybe it'll take a while for Ryan Williams. I don't want to be in a situation where opening day, Wells is the starter and Williams hasn't gotten a shot yet, so... I'm going to go ahead and grab him while it's before it's too late. Good pick up for you. You've got the Arizona backfield. I guess I'm on the clock now. And here's yeah. the guy. Uh, let's, let's take a look at what Tommy's going to do here. He's got LaShawn McCoy and Jonathan Stewart. That's his That's his weak uh, – or he's a little thin at running back. So you would have to think he's going to take a, a running back unless he's got a wide receiver that's calling his name. I mean, if nope. he's got somebody that's standing out to him. I just took a uh, running back. And I think I'm okay. taking another one right here. There goes Reggie Bush off the board. Uh, he's got to end up somewhere. 
He's going to have a home somewhere. And the next one, oh, boy, I don't know any of those guys going to be back. I think I, I could just keep it there. No, I'm going with him. I'm going with this. I'm going with this guy who probably would be there coming back next time, but I like him anyway. He catches the ball out of the backfield. So he's a nice spot starter. I'm going to throw him in there. I took Danny Woodhead. Nice. That was somebody I was looking at, that's for sure. Danny yeah, Woodhead, what consideration? Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's all heart. That guy is all heart, and uh, the Jets, I think the Jets really wish they had kept him last year. You probably wish the Jets would have kept him last year. He, he, uh, he, he had a pretty nice season, with, uh, and and I liked you know I liked him from the get go. I liked him in that uh, in Hard Knocks. It's the first time I ever saw him. Uh, didn't make the final cut. New England signed him, and he had a couple of pretty good games for them. So I think even with this rookie they drafted, I think that they they've got a place for, for uh, Woodhead on that in that offense. It's just a question with New England. It's just a question of putting the right guy in in the right week because it's like those tight ends. You know, if you're in a keeper, if you're in uh, you know some type of league for because where you, it's just all the starters going every week. If you have Gronkowski and Hernandez, great. You're going to have the tight end for New England. But, you, you know, any given week, Robin's going to have two touchdowns. The other guy's not going to get in the game. So, and uh, Woodhead could be that type of back for them. That's just, just the way they do it there, huh? I tell you what, this is the FFPC. If you kind of pay to have a backup tight end in this league, and uh, Todd Heap really seemed to get things going late when he got healthy. You know, I, I'm, he's kind of uh, interesting here, but but I tell you what, I'm not going to go tight end at this point. I'm going to go ahead and take a flyer running back. Joseph Adon might not be with the Colts this year, and if that's the case, I might have just snagged the Indianapolis Colts starting running back in the 11th round. I'm not so sure that Donald Brown is, is the answer there. And uh, they really like this DeLone Carter kid uh, out of uh, Syracuse in the Big East. I didn't see him play a lot. I mean, I'm a Big East guy. You're a Pittsburgh guy. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I didn't see him play a lot, but everything I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing that they really like this kid. I couldn't tell you much about him myself, Sonny. I know this, though. I know that you, you, you've cornered the market on Indianapolis Colts. You've got uh, – they have a prolific offense. And you have what? Is he the third Colt you have now? Yeah, yeah, third. Three other Colt on the team, and I, and I'm ready to get some more. I think I think we might have got I think we got a lot Mikey back with us. Mikey, you with us? Yeah, I am. I, I had to uh, take a call from work, and uh, which was a good call. Things going well. So uh, yeah, I've been uh, catching up on uh, everything that's been going on, and uh, wow. Another Colt, Scott. What's what's going on, everybody? <laughs> hey, there's Chad Ochocinco. Let's talk about that. This is a player we mentioned earlier. Team Thompson waited until the sixth round to get a wide receiver, and you got to ask yourself, what am I going to end up with here? You know, uh, if you remember, Chad Ochocinco was um, a comeback player of the year uh, by the BFD Fantasy uh, team there, and they were right on him two years ago. Last year. Uh, still a respectable season, uh, but you've got a lot of changes going on for Chad Ochocinco. You don't know where he's going to be, where he's, what team he's going to play for, who's going to be throwing the ball. There's rumors that he might go to New England. And if he goes to New England, you notice he's got Dion Branch, so he kind of hedged his bet there. Hey, if I've got Dion in the ninth, I better make sure that I hedge here with an Ocho just in case he comes there because if Ocho landed in New England – 
that kind of killed Dion's value, don't you think? I mean, you got Wes Welker yeah. there, you got some tight end. That's kind of a head pick well, there. Very, very nicely done. Let me ask you a question, and I want to ask you and uh, Tommy both. Uh, do you draft for week one through four? Do you draft for week uh, five through five through nine, or do you draft through the entire the entire year? What is your major objective right now? I know it's to win the league, but everybody wants to win that first game, but. Are you looking long-term as far as uh, week uh, 9, 10, 11? Do you understand my question? You know, hey, there's a lot of different different strategies you could go go through here. This is a a 12-team league that has a standard playoff format where two teams get a bye week 14, uh, week – I'm sorry, week 13 – Week 14, you have a playoff round. Week 15, you have, and week 16, you have your championships. So, it's one of those things where you've got to you've got to play solid. You've got to draft a team that doesn't have a lot of holes. You do have the ability for a free agent waiver wire, which is kind of nice. So, if you do have a hole, let's say like last year, I had a hole at the wide receiver position. I had Vincent Jackson, who uh, was a holdout, and I had Santonio Holmes, who after the draft, <laughs> you know, got suspended for four weeks. I had to figure out something to do at wide receiver, so what did I do? I blew my wad on a on a a rookie who was turning a lot of heads, Mike Williams. He was not drafted in Genesis. You know, shame on us. It was after the draft, but it was before the Mike Williams hype really started to heat up. And, okay, you have to do something at that point. That's kind of the luxury that you do have with this draft. So that's one strategy. Right. The, other thing is, the other thing is, hey, you've got to make it to the playoffs. There's six teams that make exactly. it. Half of this field, half of this field will make it. All you have to do is be in the top six. And how do you do that? You win more games than the bottom six. So okay, well uh, the reason I was asking that, I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, the reason I was asking that is why would you draft uh, Chad Johnson uh, or Chad Ochocinco then? Why is he draftable? Well, Mike, when you were off, we were talking about him, and, and he's uh, we you know he's going to have a job. You just don't know where. And uh, part I guess part of the thing looking at this looking at a draft that we're doing this early in the year. For one thing, uh, I I like to look at schedule myself. I do like to look at schedule for later in the year. However, this year, I mean, nothing's really etched in stone. A schedule has come out, but they if if this labor thing goes into midsummer, it may end up affecting this schedule one way or another. Yep. Uh, yep. And and that could screw things up. But guys like Ocho Cinco, you know the talent's there, you know he's gonna have a job, you just don't know where it is. And it's in in my mind, I think it's worth taking shots on guys like him, uh, because really? you know, like Scotty. Scotty said, you know, it you, you could you could find your pot of gold uh by by you taking a shot on somebody who who's got question marks about him, someone who normally, if he had a home you know he'd be going earlier than this because the talent's there. He's probably he could be a number one on somebody's team, and he just got picked up in the eleventh round. He could be somebody's number one going into week one. He could he could find a job the day after this labor thing comes together. He could get traded to somebody who really needs a wide receiver and is in a perfect situation, and you just got him in the eleventh round. I mean that's and that's the shot you take if you want to you know if you want to play for fifth place or seventh place, fine. But if you want to play to to, to win it all, take shots like that. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah, I got, I, mean, that's, I got you. That's, 
that's what you're doing. You're definitely taking shots with A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Percy Harvin, LeSean <laughs> McCoy, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, that's team, that's, team, that's team jump shot right there, man. That's, that's team jump shot, team bank shot, team rim shot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about the new drink that everybody is, uh, you know, they're talking about the Bin Laden. Have you heard about the Bin Laden? It's uh, no, we're two, shots, two, shots, two shots and a splash of water. It's, it's, one, it's, it's like that. You know, you, you, you've got shots all over the board here through 11 rounds. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and nickname you the Bin Laden. <laughs> Well, I am, oh, oh, yeah, you're, what you don't want to say to my face is that I'm, I'm going to get shot. I'm not going to make it out of the room. <laughs> do I have that type of thing? And maybe I do. Maybe I do. I got a bunch of rooks. You're right. But I think, hey, one of the you ones you what? mentioned was Jonathan Stewart, and I think he is solid. I think he is a, a rock-solid type running back. I think he is a three-down back on a team where he could get 340 carries. I don't see D'Angelo being there at the beginning of the season. That and Okay. And so I think he is just rock solid. Oh, there's a bunch of other shots out there, but uh, but I don't think I don't think Jonathan's one of them. Just my opinion. Well, that that's a big question right there. What is going on with D'Angelo Williams? Obviously, it impacts, and he's Jonathan Stewart will be forever entwined with D'Angelo Williams until such time that. You know, a decision is made. There's rumors that John Fox in Denver may be looking for a um, a complimentary back to no Sean Moreno. Now, how complimentary is D'Angelo Williams? Uh, he might just overshadow uh, a no Sean Moreno. So it's kind of a, an interesting situation as we wait to see what happens with that. Hopefully, the NFL season does go off. And of course, you know we're we're. We're all speculating well, there. One, but. one question, uh, Scott, real quick. I'd like to. Uh, uh, you know, give uh, to you and Tommy is uh, what teams have a, a prolific running back where it's uh, basically a uh, one one back, and that's it. Because I've already got a couple written down. What teams have this? You're my guy, and that is it at running back. Steven Jackson. Well, uh, Steven Jackson, I'm just thinking about my division, the AFC North, and you know the Steelers. The Steelers have won all three, three of the four teams, really, too. I would think about it. Cedric Benson, uh, Rashard Mendenhall, and Peyton Hillis. Uh, the other, you know, the other, and you got Ray Rice on, down in Baltimore, but he, but uh, he's McGahey's going to get the ball uh, some down there. So, and but Rice is, you know, pretty much on the field most of the time for them. So I, that's pretty much that division. You're right, though, Mike. There's, I mean, just about a lot of teams are, are going this whole committee thing. There's there's a lot of that. But um, but there's still some teams that are going to try and keep a guy on the field for, for three downs. Actually, I shouldn't even say the Steelers so much because they they want somebody to come in and take over third down. Just, uh, uh, but uh, Mendenhall was on the field a lot last year. He, he, uh, he was on the field a lot of third downs. As the season wore on, uh, Mowelde got out there more, but um, – but he was, out, but he was out there a lot on third down. They just didn't throw to him too much on third down. So. It's just, it, it's kind of interesting to me how the uh, how the NFL has developed and uh, evolved uh, when it when it comes to the running back game. Uh, when you know you've got guys that are they're playing the first and fourth quarter, or they're playing 
the first and part of the third and all the fourth and this and that. What's I mean, that's fine. That that makes it uh, you know a little bit more challenging for everybody on the uh, fantasy football end. It's like okay, well, who do we take now? Because this guy could this guy could plug in and be a nice filler. And it's uh, you know when you you get to these rounds, uh, you guys are in round twelve right now. Uh, you get to round uh, you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and uh, who's going to be that filler guy? Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. You can uh, call in and join us. Uh, Tommy Yates is here uh, on the call. Uh, recovery boys. We've got uh, Team Thompson on the clock with Todd. He just took Todd. Heap. I guess I kind of uh, tipped my hat there. He went ahead and grabbed his third tight end. I'm still sitting with one. Glenn grabbed his third tight end a couple rounds ago. Uh, there's two guys right in front of me that have three before I have two. Uh, still some tight ends here that make sense, but none really that uh, that do it for me. I, I'm in this mode right now, guys, where, I don't know, you know, I'm just kind of throwing darts. I kind of secured my wide receivers, and and I think this running back by committee thing has really intrigued me to just go ahead and just kind of keep throwing darts. I mean, one of these guys, you never know, one of these guys that uh, are in good situations, you never know, they might just end up in a much better situation you know, by the time the season comes with injuries and free agency and, and everything that goes on, uh, you know, you would have to think that getting Cedric Benson uh, in camp is a top priority. You would have to think that that, uh, you know, is something that, uh, well, the computer's freezing up here a little bit. You'd have to think that Benson getting re-signed is a top priority. But you never know. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take another running back in Indianapolis. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and grab another Colt. Uh, can't have enough Colts on your on, on your fantasy team, guys. You've you learned that by now, right? Austin Collie. I'll go ahead and grab a couple of Indianapolis rush tracks. Maybe Joseph Adai gets re-signed. Maybe he doesn't. I like what in the, in the midst of the Kentucky Kentucky Derby last weekend, the Preakness next weekend. Man, these Colts are coming off the board with you, Scott. What is up? You know, I tell you what, I really like. Uh, we had an error earlier in the draft. Um, Glenn did not draft Josh Freeman like we had thought. We thought that was a defensive move. That was a another uh, issue with the draft room and his computer. Uh, Josh Freeman gets snagged up in the twelfth round by Jules McClain as a backup to Drew Brees, and kind of snipes him from. The Dusty Ashby experience, but then again, maybe maybe Mike and Joe didn't want him because they they went ahead and started their uh, quarterback in the twelfth round with Jay Cutler. Maybe all along they believed in Jay Cutler. Uh, if you believe in Jay Cutler, you would think you would believe in maybe one of those wide receivers too. Uh, Tommy's still on the clock with fifteen seconds, but I really like seeing Josh Freeman off the board. And also another thing I like to see. I like to see Josh Freeman on a team like Jules that has Drew Brees. She was able to, uh, you know, that means I'm not going to have to face Josh Freeman a lot. I, you know, she's got him. I don't have to see him uh, because Drew Brees is going to be the starter there for uh, for Jules pretty much every week of the season. So that's think, one that I'll have to see. She also, I think it went unnoticed and it went untalked about. Did you guys notice 
that she scooped up Montario Hardesty to back up her Peyton Hillis pick in the fourth. That's a fantastic handcuff for Peyton Hillis. Granted, it's a tough division. You're playing, that's the one drawback by taking Peyton Hillis is, look, you're playing against Pittsburgh. You're playing against Baltimore. Uh, Cincinnati's got an improved defense. You know, it's uh, one of those things where you, if you, uh, You've got a lot of issues there. Uh, but Cleveland defied those odds last year and played them tough every game. Did not falter. So, I don't know. I see Ron Grant and uh, Jordy Nelson together, and I don't know. It's hard to play them both because I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to score a lot of points, but uh, – I still have that uh, stigma about playing a running back wide receiver together on the same team. Oh, I, that doesn't yeah. bother me any, Mike. I think that, that uh, sometimes, some, you know, who I first well, when you say a running back wide receiver, will you go? Would you go two wide receivers on the same team? Do you ever do that, Mike? Uh, I have. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, sometimes it's a combination of two guys in the same team. Sometimes they're both going to get their points anyway in a, in a big, prolific offense. Uh, that they're, they're, uh, it just it, it just works out. For example, would you would would you have played say uh, LaShawn McCoy? I got McCoy in the first round. Would you if uh, if Deshaun Jackson comes back to you and say in the fourth round, would you pick him and would he be one of your wide receivers out there every week? I would take D. Jackson with no problem. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just have a hard time plugging them in and uh, knowing that it's going to be spread around. I guess it depends on who they're playing and uh, the situation. Yeah, you're looking for matchups, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but there's certain guys like your first-round pick, you're going to put them in every week anyway. You know, yeah. Gonna, yep. He's, he's going to be up there for you every week. Uh, but I just think of the two guys on one team, it just makes me think back. I go to one of the founders of the FFPC, uh, Alex Kaganowski. I remember one year at uh, at, at the Wyckoff draft, uh, watching his draft and, and seeing that he took uh, uh, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. He took those two back-to-back, ah. I think on a 2-3 turn. I'm not sure, but I think it was on a 2-3 turn. And, um, and he ended up, I mean, he was like in the week 9, 10, 11, he was just starting to kill. And using that combination, those two wide receivers on the same team, I think he was like, he was in the top 10 overall, I believe, uh, in that, you know, in, in, in that contest wow. with like six, seven hundred teams in. So I, uh, that, that told me, and that was, that was, when I saw that, I said, listen, you can, uh, I thought to myself, you, you, you don't have to go by any standard kind of rules when it comes to that kind of stuff. You if know you, what? If, if you and, think someone's going to get you the points, you take them. I heard one of the uh, – and I understand that, Tommy. And, you know, I heard one of the best uh, GMs in all of uh, all of sports. When he was getting ready for the draft a couple months ago, and, you know, you can obviously uh, tell what league I'm talking about. He's like, look, I'm, I'm looking for the best talent, and we can fill anything at any time. But I'm looking for the best talent. I want the best talent. I want the best person on this field that I, you know, to be on my team. So, you know, I think that's what a lot of fantasy players need to understand is, look, you can have three guys. It could be a quarterback, a runner back, 
wide receiver. It could be a running back and two wide receivers on the same team. If they're that explosive against a team in that type of matchup, then go for it. Yeah, and I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, oh, just a little bit of a newsflash here. Um, Scotty didn't take an Indianapolis Colt with his last pick. What? <laughs> I couldn't do it. Is he, is he okay? Scott. Hello, Scott. <laughs> I had I had one I had one queued up, but I just I, I tell you what I like I like to see Jacob Tammy though went off the board in the thirteenth round uh, to Coyote Streakers to back up Brandon Pettigrew. Kevin Cobb went to Donnie T uh, nice to fish. back up Michael Fick. Not to say that that's going to uh, happen that way by the time the season starts. And then Tim Tebow's off the board. Uh, finally, a backup for Tom Brady, Tim Tebow. Again, another quarterback I'm not going to have to see much of, uh, thankfully, is Tim Tebow. I, just, uh, I tell you, Tebow and Freeman really intrigue me this year if you uh, if you end up having to wait at quarterback. I, I do have Tebow. to look real quick, though. Um, uh, Tommy, uh, actually, Scott is a huge Jets fan. I, I know I that. Yeah, I know he likes his Jets, but he lives in Indiana, and you know he doesn't dislike the Colts. Correct? Am I correct in that, Scotty? Hey, you know what? I uh, I've been a Jets fan all my life, man. I know, I know. That's your. You team. don't have a love affair with the Colts? Are you kidding me? Don't do that. Who's your favorite That'd be like I'm a I'm a Cowboy fan. That be that'd be like me saying, "Well, I kind of like the Redskins." Uh, that won't happen. It's kind of like it's kind of like a Red Sox fan saying, "Well, I hope the Yankees win today." Uh, you, you you can't draft with your heart. You got to draft with your head, guys. I know Tommy. Uh, I'm sure you're going to try to. You know, but how much you want to bet if Tommy backs up Lashawn McCoy with his other Pittsburgh boy, Deion Lewis? You know, Deion Lewis is on my radar, my friend. If you don't take him in this 14 turn, I'm going to take him. Now that's what you get with red versus blue. You want to go there with me? <laughs> I'm on the show. You're handcuffed. Right over there. Hey, Lewis, hey. another Pittsburgh team uh, to pair up with Michelle McCoy. If you don't get him in the 14, I'm going to take him at 15 too. How's that, my friend? I like Deion Lewis, and he and uh, and I taking Shady McCoy. I had planned on taking Deion too, uh, but uh, if I take him here, there's a good chance. Well, if he gets back to me, maybe I will. Uh, but I actually, I thought he might, you know, I didn't expect you to bring him up, and I thought he might last a little bit longer, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, you're going uh, to have to pay through the nose now, buddy. I'm going to have to pull the trick. Well, you may notice, though, I mean, I have one pick guy on my team, and I don't have any stealer as, as far as I know right now. So I'm I'm not going with my heart tonight, but half of me wishes that, that I had. Oh, no, 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 I got I got Hines. Hines is on my team, of course. Okay. Okay, I've got the Steeler. I've got the Dancing with the Steeler star. I'm going to try to trot out as many Colts as possible on a given Sunday. That's how you win in fantasy football. Time and time again, it's been proven to be true. Trot out as many Colts as you possibly can, and you will win. Uh, there you go. That's uh, fancy advice from uh, Team Legacy here for, for in 2011. It took me 10 years to you are the king of, of the Genesis League, so uh, you you are a respected opinion. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. The, the Colts are good to have. Like I said with Peyton, though, my my thing about the Colts is 
they get to the playoffs. I don't know that they win you the league. Something something usually yeah. happens with them at I, some point in the playoffs. And I try I try my luck, guys, with uh, coach players, and there's only one guy that you can bank on, and that is Peyton. The rest of them, you never know. Yeah, uh, Pierre Garcon, he could go for uh, ten, two touchdowns, 150 receiving. The next week, he could go for one ten and nothing. So, it's a tough team to figure out. The only uh, the only steady true in fantasy football is Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton. Yeah, well, yeah, Peyton's uh, Peyton's going like I said, he's gonna get you there. He's uh, he gets you he gets you those points every single week. Except like that, it seems to me, in somewhere in weeks fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen, Peyton's gonna have a corner. Yeah. Yep. That's my opinion. So. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. I want, I want to recap a couple of these teams here. We've got about eight minutes left with the show here. Um, the show ends up with uh, Matt Ryan at quarterback, running backs Bradshaw, Benson, and D. Will, wide receivers Calvin, Dez, and Marshall, and his tight end and Heath Miller. Uh, ends up pulling it off. You wait till the tight end for the eighth round and you get Heath Miller and Matt Ryan. Uh, that's what you get this year if you wait till your quarterback and your tight end. And if you if you like that, um, you know what? Heath Miller and Matt Ryan, not too shabby when you're waiting for the seventh and eighth round. Let's move on to John Duckworth. Starts off with uh, Fitzgerald, McFadden, Jimmy Graham, Mark Ingram, Zach Miller, Daniel Thomas, Michael Crabtree. Filling up the lineup here. He also waits till the eighth round for his quarterback. And Ben Roethlisberger. And he still has to fill out a – he's filling out his lineup with two tight ends, one flex tight end, and flexing one running back. And there's your squad. His flex is Zach Miller and Daniel Thomas, a running back. That's a nice squad. He pulled it off very nicely. Uh, as, long as, as long as Miami does not bring in or re-sign a running back, Daniel Thomas is a nice flex option there. I guess worst-case scenario, uh, he throws in a – a Santana Moss or a Roy Halu or something like that, maybe to fill in that flex. Crabtree, count on Crabtree as your number two wide receiver. Not a huge fan of, but you can make that work. Mike, why don't you go ahead and take uh, Rich Dunn while I get ready for this uh, for this pick? Did we lose Mike again? No, three two three. Uh, three two three. You're on the air with Red versus Blue. Three two three. Red Rider in the house. What's going on? Red Ryder, Jules, what's up? Oh, fantasy football, what's up right now? You got got Peyton Hillis and you back him up and you got your Drew Brees and your couple of stud wide out. Talk about the squad. Well, I'm in love with it. The, 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 The running backs are pretty weak, so... Tight ends are pretty weak. Not my best effort, but um, we'll see. Maybe the wide receiver will carry me. Well, I know, Ryan. I mean, you got uh, you're sitting there with uh, Drew Brees and uh, you know uh, Ryan Grant. You know, you have some opportunities there. Uh, obviously, with Drew Brees, but uh, you're looking at uh, looking at some uh, young guys that might uh, carry you through. So. Uh, what are you going to do in these last few rounds to, uh, you know, kind of make make improvement on that? 
uh, probably hit the running backs pretty hard. And that's what I started doing, taking Tashar Choice in the 13th. I was really um, surprised that Alex Green went in the 14th. That was a good pick by Bada Beamers. Kind of yeah. hoping he'd fall back to me as a semi-handcuff to Ryan Grant. I mean, really, we don't know what Ryan Grant's going to do this year, especially with James Stark right. there. But you got Jordy, too. Yeah, I love Jordy Nelson. Now, I know a lot of people are going, no, 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 and dropping the ball. I love Jordy Nelson. I think Donald Driver doesn't have a lot of gas left in the tank. I love Jordy Nelson. I th- and it, more importantly, I think Aaron Rodgers loves Jordy Nelson. Okay, well, enough said. So, uh, you you also have uh, the kind of the unknowns there. Uh, I won't say unknowns, but kind of studs as far as uh, Roddy White, Sidney Rice, Hockey Nix. I mean, those three could be a trio of wide receivers that you could uh, you could accumulate a lot of points there, Jules. Yeah, that's what would carry me. That if, if those guys. I mean, I think Roddy White's pretty solid. Hakeem Nix. I would have taken him at 1.9 if Roddy White wasn't there. It's going to be completely unknown because you don't know who's going to throw him the ball. What do you think about Binger's team right beside you, Jules? Uh, we, we've got a couple minutes left. MJD, Forte, Wayne Bow, Mike Williams. I, I think he has a solid squad. Dwayne Bow in the third, that's really nice value. Mike Williams in the fourth. I like I like Tony Romo coming back this year. I guess there's one question mark though: is, is MJ be scared to take him, especially in the first? I want to see what he does in training camp before he goes on my draft board. All right. Let's look at uh, Donnie T. He started off the draft with Jamal Charles, Dallas Clark, Michael Vick. A lot of explosiveness and injury risk to Sean Jackson, Moreno. Uh, Brandon Lloyd is uh, Jules. What are your thoughts on Brandon Lloyd? Sixth round, a, tar- a wide receiver who defied all the odds last year and just looked fantastic. But there are some co- there are some concerns there with the quarterback in the system. Yeah, but the sixth round, jeez. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's great now, you. That is. I don't care who's right. throwing the ball. You're still an NFL caliber quarterback. Yeah, I love that pick, actually, as well, with Brandon Lloyd. Uh, you know, he, if you look at all the stats about him, he doesn't drop the ball very much. He catches the deep ball. He does a little bit of everything. There's a lot of statistics over at Pro Football Forecast, and they they have a ton of, uh, ton of statistics, and he ranks up there near the top of all of them. And so we'll see if maybe things just finally click for this kid that uh, has all the potential in the world. Dean Thompson is another guy that was in the finals last year of the Genesis League, so let's wrap it up with him. Uh, Jules, Chris Johnson, Michael Turner, LeGarrette Blunt in the backfield, Bolden, Manningham, Dion Branch, and Ocho, along with Owen Daniels and Winslow and Aaron Rodgers. It's a very deep team with a lot of starters. Pretty balanced, too, huh? I mean, all he needs is Dion Branch and Owen Daniels. That's what he Okay, if Owen Daniels gets hurt again, he's got K2 to step in. Aaron Rodgers, who I think is the best quarterback, he got him in the second round. Solid, super solid. 
He's got a great squad. Don's always a, a class act, just like you are, Jules. Uh, tell us about what's going on. Fantasy freaking football, pretty uh, pretty cool site for a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy players like ourselves. Thank you for the shout out. We're still asleep though. We're you know we're Rip Van Winkle, Van Winkle right now. Got so much going on in our personal lives that we haven't really you know done much to the site. I think that'll start happening in June. I'm going to have to wake you and your partner up then because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time. We're not going to wait on the NFL. We're not going to wait on those guys to get their act together. We're ready. And uh, thank you for being on Red vs. Blue and being a part of Genesis, Jules. Good, good luck in uh, defending your championship there. I mean it. Your team was uh, not in contention in my book last year, so kudos to you. Thanks, Jules. Hey, Later, I, I want to give a – I want to give a quick shout. Uh, thank you, Jules and uh, Tommy. Thanks for uh, holding on for the uh, the entire two hours, man. You've been something else. And, uh, Scott, thanks as always. All right, guys. Genesis is drafting, and uh, we're wrapping up in the 16th round. We'll put all the, the draft boards up on the on the site, and you'll be available. We're going to do a, a draft breakdown uh, later tonight on the teams, and so we'll uh, – We'll, we'll we'll see what uh, all the leaders and contenders and pretenders are, and then we'll come back here and we'll see later on in the season who's leading for Genesis. That's all from Red vs. Blue, everybody. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.